Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're taking a look at a passage of Scripture that says that everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. A fitting and orderly way. I was just thinking about this. This word fitting seems to be keep jumping out at me lately. The other day we did a communion meditation on how when we praise God, it is pleasant and fitting. And we said that word fitting could be translated in the Hebrew as beautiful, seemly, seamless, lovely. And just how God brings these beautiful solutions into our life that helps us just to fit everything together seamlessly. Yesterday we said that the lips of the righteous know what is fitting. To know the perfect thing to say at the perfect time. The lips of the righteous. If we're in Christ, we, he has made us righteous. And then today I was just reading in Corinthians. And this word just fitting seems to jump out at me again. Everything is to be done. Everything in the church. This passage of scripture that we're going to be taking a look at in Corinthians is coming at the end. After Paul's talking about prophesying and speaking in tongues and how things are supposed to be done in the church. And he says everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. And this month, in the month of August of 2020, 2022, we are doing what's called a connection challenge. Connecting on a new level with God, our purpose, our loved ones, our community. And this week we are focused on connecting spirit, soul, and physical body. Spirit, soul, and physical body. And we've talking about a simple exercise to do for 10 minutes a day. Where we're going to combine spirit, soul, physical body together. We're going to, how we're going to do it, we're going to, we're going to get a journal. We're going to pick some question we have or a problem we want to solve. And we're going to take a different approach. Rather than toiling away, trying to figure it all out, we're going to take a different approach. We're going to write down that question or that problem or something we need an answer to. We're going to write it down somewhere. And then we're going to pray over it, turn it to God, say, God, I'm trusting. I'm asking you for help with this. I'm going to trust that you've got the answer. You already put it on the inside of me. And then we're going to put on some music. And you're going to pray, you're going to praise, you're going to worship. Praying in the Spirit is one of the best things to do, I believe. And then you're going to incorporate your physical body. You're going to move, you're going to pray in the Spirit and praise to the music. And you're going to move your physical body. You could walk, you could do a workout, you can dance. You're just going to move your physical body in some way, shape, or form. And we're going to combine all three, spirit, soul, physical body. And I think where God is going with this is it's going to help us to connect. It's going to help us fit all three of those together, spirit, soul, physical body. Because we often see this disconnect where God's made us all of these amazing promises in this new covenant in Christ. But we see this disconnect. We don't see those promises showing up in our life. And as we combine spirit, soul, physical body together, as we fit everything together in a fitting and orderly way, it helps those promises to flow in our life. And so we're going to be taking communion over this today. Asking for God's help to do everything in a fitting and orderly way. And something I've learned, communion is like an activation. It helps us to activate these promises and asking God to help us to set in motion, to help us to see these promises come into pass in our life. Now you might be wondering, why, why are we taking communion every day? I'm not used to taking communion every day. Well, I wasn't either. And about 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. Was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. 
at the time I was running my personal training business and the business started out great, but I got into some tough times. I got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. Just had the weight and stress and pressure of the business on me. And I remember going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be more to life than this. And shortly after that, I came across a proverb or a challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two, and then you keep going like that until the end of the month. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22 seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man lives an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? And after some time of just thinking about it and meditating on it, I came to the conclusion the most valuable thing we could pass on would be wisdom or teaching or training for how to truly live. And so I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. I needed some help in my own life. And so I began to seek after God, I began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. He began to show up. He began to teach me. He began to train me. He taught me this whole new way to live, this whole new different way to operate my life. Now, that wasn't always easy all the time because learning something new meant I had to change. I had to let go of some old ways, learn how to do things a new way. And I just began to document what he was taking me through and the things that I was learning. And it turned into a series of books and courses that we have now called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe the most important lesson I would want to pass on would be daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to create a turning point in our life, to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. And there is something so powerful about simply remembering him and not forgetting, especially when we're in the busyness of life. We've got things coming at us. We've got issues and problems coming at us today. We've got things to do today. Just taking a few moments to remember that he's with us and all that he went through. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six says, Every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. And in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. It's proving the death that activates and it sets in motion all of the benefits. So in a similar way, proclaiming the death, taking communion is a way for us to activate and set in motion all of these promises that God has made us in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. We're not just doing it to check the box for today to say we did it. We want to use it as an opportunity to truly connect with God, to truly honor him. I think it's important we take it with the fear of the Lord. Just deep awe and reverence for who God is and all that Jesus went through for us and what his sacrifice means for us today. And so the process we use, we start with about a two minute long prayer. That's mostly scripture coming from Ephesians chapter one and the prayer of Jabez found in First Chronicles chapter four. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine or judge themselves before taking communion. And then after our time of communion, we usually go through some physical fitness tips. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. 
So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. And I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us and to make your face shine upon us. Let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today. And help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes. And do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? Because when it all comes down to it, it's always called today. We've got to learn how to walk out today in a different way. And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. Bring our relationship with God down into every area of the day. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about these four fundamentals, executing them with a high level of presence and fun and joy today. But before we go through the fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were some steps and some stages along the way. It didn't all just happen in one day. And in a similar way, for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there's a process. There's some steps and stages along the way. It doesn't all just happen in one day. And I think it starts with us believing God's got something better for our life. Better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And God will often give us a glimpse of this. But then in the case of the Old Testament, many of the people rejected it. They wanted to go back to the way things used to be. They had to be willing to move forward by faith. And then they had to learn to walk it out. They had to learn to put off their old ways and learn how to do things God's way to learn how to rest and how to trust in him, to allow him to do the work, to allow him to beautify their lives. Learning how to walk in faith and love and trust and humility. And that's where I think these four fundamentals come in. So our first one, let's get positioned in the light today. How are we doing with our positioning today? Are we walking in humility? Humbling ourselves in relationship to God, humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. 
Are we walking in forgiveness? Receiving forgiveness from God? Forgiving ourselves in the middle? Walking in forgiveness with other people? And to walk in the light is to walk in love. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs. Not easily angered, not envious or boastful or proud or arrogant. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering. Because love never fails. And to walk in the light, we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. It's one of the greatest expressions of faith and it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning. And when we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity that we get access to all those good things today. I like to call it a pipeline of living water. And inside of it, there's everything we need for life and godliness. God's spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's purpose and grace, health and energy, time, finances, resources. And it's all available to be received. But first, we've got to get in position. We've got to turn on the flow of this. And then our th second fundamental is to magnify the light. It's going to expand the capacity. It's going to build a bigger pipeline where God can flow more of all these good things through us. And to magnify the light, imagine the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side, we've got a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side, we've got a basket full of our praises to God. To magnify the light, which basket are we going to fill up with our thoughts, with our focus, our words, our attention, our meditation? To magnify the light, we can magnify God's, just who he is. All that he's done for us in our lives. All that he's done for us in Christ. All that he's done for us personally in our lives. And just taking a moment to magnify who he is and all that he's done for us. It's such a powerful thing, just filling up that basket of praise for him. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. You're going to have some issues and problems in life. But in the face of those issues and problems, it's choosing to fill up that basket of praise. Because we trust that God can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us the choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could insist on doing things our own way rather than God's way. And we could fill up that other basket full of venting and complaining and pouting, toiling away in our mind, trying to figure everything out. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or we're magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. And one of the biggest ones I've learned to pay attention to is where's the pressure? Are we putting pressure on other people? Are we putting pressure on ourselves, Or are we putting the pressure on God? What are we leaning on? What are we relying on? We're we relying on other people? Leaning on them, putting pressure on them, putting all that weight and pressure on ourselves? Because it's meant to roll over onto God, meant to cast all of our cares over onto Him. Because He's the one that can handle it. And when the pressure is in the wrong place, you might find yourself just having this heaviness on the inside. You might be fearful or worried or stressed. You might be dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst-case scenarios, trying to figure it all out. But when we take our position in the light, there is rest in our soul. We get to rest in our soul because he's doing the work. And when we rest, he goes to work, and now all those good things he put in Christ begin to flow. 
And everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, we can turn it back around, get back in position again. And it can happen in just a moment. And this is a skill set, I believe, we develop. Of learning to recognize those symptoms and turning it back quickly. Because it's pretty easy. You get focused on the wrong thing. Someone says something to you. Someone slights you in some way. Some issue or problem pops up. And you can start magnifying it. And it can rob your whole day. You can go the whole day. You can go a whole weekend. You can go a whole week meditating on the wrong things. Being out of position. And it's important to learn to recognize this quickly and turn it back around. It's a skill set to recognize it very quickly. And, you know, one minute later, you're back in position again. This is a skill set we develop. How do we do it? I think it starts with recognizing those symptoms, and then we got to humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I'm off track. I'm off track right now. Forgive me. We receive that forgiveness. We forgive ourselves. If we need to reconcile with somebody else, we take those steps. And then we start praising and magnifying him again. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. And you go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off. You get right back in position again. Everything begins to flow again. It's a beautiful thing. And then our third fundamental. we got to stay tuned in today. You get that pipeline of living water flowing through you. All those good things in Christ begin to flow through you. He's going to begin to give you some vision, some direction, some leading for your life. we got to stay tuned into him. And my favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. I like to start at the top with what I call some filters. These filters are just short phrases or statements that I keep rewriting over and over, and they help me stay in rhythm, help me stay in step with God. And so I like to start at the very top with the big picture vision. Where do I feel like God is leading me in my life? For me personally, that's Abundant Life Training Centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. And then I want to bring it down into this year. What's the word or the vision or the direction I felt like God gave me for this year? For me personally, this year it's 2022. The year of the beautiful land. And he's starting to give me some light on this. Starting to give me some insight into this beautiful land. About all that he's given us in Christ. And taking possession of that land. And then we're going to bring it down into this month. This month we're working on connection. Prioritizing connection. Connecting with God. Connecting with our purpose. Connecting with our loved ones and our community. Prioritizing connection. And then I want to bring it down into this week. This week, we're working on connecting spirit, soul, physical body together. Keeping them connected, because that helps those promises. We create this bridge in our soul, where everything God put in our spirit can begin to flow through us in our life. And then we also like to write a, a weekly, yearly cycle filter. Yearly cycle. Think of the, the circle of a year. As we go throughout the year, different seasons, different times of the year, give us little nudges, give us little reminders of who God is and all that he's done for us. This time of year in early August, it's a reminder to recommit back to the basics, to refocus. Sometimes we drift off track a little bit to get back to the basics again. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise. 
to get in position and then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and reflect back over the day. And whatever comes into my mind, begin to write those things down. And then I want to bring my journal all the way down into today. We started with the big picture vision, then this year, this month, this week. And then I want to begin to plan out the upcoming day with God. Which leads us to our fourth fundamental. I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because sometimes I was getting out ahead of God. I was toiling away in my mind, trying to figure everything out, trying to force things to happen. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. And when you begin to procrastinate, those things build up on the inside. You feel that overwhelm on the inside. It blocks your clarity. And so I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? And that becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning because this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. And we remember this very important principle. That the first thing out of our mouth every morning, it sets the tone for the whole day. And as we began to learn about this, we began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? And I felt like he was saying, let's let's follow the example that I gave you in the Bible. Look back at Genesis chapter 1. What's the very first words that you see me speak that set the tone for the whole Bible? Let there be light. And so now those are the first words out of my mouth in the morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with God. We start walking out that plan in full confidence in Him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, with all the doubt and unbelief removed, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to bring these beautiful solutions into our life. And these beautiful solutions, like to say, as we talked about the last couple of days, they are the perfect fit. They are seamless. They are the perfect fit. Things that we could never make happen on our own. And they begin to set in motion this virtuous cycle of good in our life. And beauty is attractive and magnetic, and it begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. So, fitting an orderly way. 1 Corinthians 14.40. After Paul is describing what church should look like, he's talking about how some people should prophesy not to forbid the speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and an orderly way. This word fitting, it just keeps coming back to mind over the last couple of days. Just keeps standing out to me, a fitting and orderly way. God brings us these beautiful solutions into our life where everything is fitting. Everything is seamless. Now, this word fitting in this particular verse was written in Greek. And that word fitting can also be translated as honest. One of the ways that we fit things together, it can be translated as honest or pure or transparent. When we function in a pure, honest, transparent way, it helps us fit everything together. And then there's orderly, which means everything should be done in the proper sequence. Sequencing makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today. You're telling us that everything should be done. Everything we do should be done in a fitting and orderly way. But I I believe we can only do that with your help. We need your grace to help with that. Because to truly do it in a beautiful, fitting, seamless way takes your help. 
And you are the God of all order. You are the God of order and peace. And so we're asking for your help, Lord, that everything we do would be done in a fitting and orderly way. And we're asking for your help with that today. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember God sent us his one and only son. He sent us Jesus. And if he would do that, how would he not graciously and freely give us all things richly to enjoy? Jesus is willing to come and humble himself even unto death on a cross. All of us, like sheep, had gone astray. We'd all turn to our own ways. We've all done things our own way. God laid upon him the sins and the iniquities of us all. And by his stripes, we've been healed. He became sin so that we could become righteous. He was cursed on a tree so that we could have God's blessing and favor on our life. His life was cut short so that God could satisfy us with long life. He became poor so that we could become rich. He was crushed by God so that God could crush our enemies under our feet. He was smitten by God so that God could smite our enemies. He was broken so that we could become whole. He was rejected so that we could be accepted. He was separated from God so that we could be connected back to him. And he makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. All through his one sacrifice. And then he's raised up from the dead and he's seated in heavenly places at God's right hand. And God raised us up together with him and seated us together with him, made us one with him. So, Father, we thank you for this bread. And we ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. Into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king. He makes his people great. His blood washes us and cleanses us, makes us new. And gives us this new covenant with God, this blood-sworn oath in his blood. That God is with us and for us. He's working for our good. This covenant of peace, covenant of love. And our part in the covenant, to believe in him, to trust in him, and to walk in love. And make it very simple. That's our part of the covenant. As a Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right. So today's verse has some practical implications for physical exercise. So the order that you do the exercises in your workout matters. Order matters. I, I always tell my kids this example. If you're getting dressed and you put your shoes on first and then you try to put your socks on or you put your pants on first and you try to put your underwear on doesn't go very well the order matters and so one of the things you'll see in 
the daily communion workouts that we have. And if you don't have the workouts, you can go to our website. If you get on our email list there, you'll get access to the workouts in the emails that come. And the order matters. The order is set up in a precise order because the order makes a difference. And so as a general rule of thumb, there's a, there's a pattern found in the Old Testament and Scripture. It says, be strong and then do the work. Be strong and then do the work. And so we want to activate the body with strength first. We do some general warm-ups first, and then we want to activate the body with strength, and then we want to do the work after that. Because it allows you to do the work at a greater level because the body is activated. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.